The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet is the... Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grand-Pichet. Dr. Grand Pichet. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet Grand is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Good morning and welcome to Ask Dr. Doreen. There's Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and I'm Shannon Penrod are your stewardess for the evening. They don't even call them stewardesses. I'm your flight attendant um, for this journey. Uh, I'm so happy and thrilled to be here this morning. You know, this week kicks off the uh, birthday week for Dr. Grand Pichet. So any of you who'd like to send birthday wishes, uh, I know Amanda has already sent in birthday wishes that I'm going to get to in just a second, but I get to be first, Amanda. Uh, and uh, Emily... Uh, is writing to us from Sweden. And yes, you can send in a question uh, right where you are right now. Send that right in. Let me go through a couple of things here right now from the start, because some of you are like, well, how would I send a, a birthday message or a question to Dr. Doreen? You would do that uh, if you're watching us live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitter. Uh, and, and about a dozen other sites that we're live right now, you can send those messages in directly and we'll get them. And Emily is saying happy birthday. I hope I'm saying that correctly. It's a beautiful name. Uh, so you can send those messages in right now. Also, there are many of you who are watching us on other platforms as well. Some of those have interactivity as well. Some of you might be watching in podcasts later on when we're not live. It's not too late. You can still send in birthday messages to Dr. Doreen. You can always send me messages uh, to give to her. Uh, my email is shannon at autism-live.com. So uh, feel free to send those messages in. But for those of you who don't know her, Dr. Doreen Grampichet has been a, a, a just, I believe, the preeminent expert in the field of autism in our time, and there is no other time, right? And she has been working in this field for more than 40 years. I know she doesn't look like it, but she has. Uh, oh, look at that. Oscar Caballero is saying happy birthday. Oh, How much do we love Oscar? Love having Oscar on here. Oh my goodness, Oscar. We, we just need an Oscar infusion every day. Oscar says, happiest of birthday wishes, Doreen, many blessings Thank you. To you. Thank you. Thank you. Sending, sending you big hugs, Oscar. We love Oscar. Uh, so... In any case, uh, we're, we're, we're here and Dr. Grampichet wants to answer your questions. And she's been doing this, working in this field for more than 40 years, working with all kinds of individuals, whether it's very young babies, uh, small children, teens, adults, even senior citizens on the spectrum and their families and, and helping caregivers to know how to be better allies to those individuals and respecting the rights of those individuals. She's been at the core of that long before it was hip and cool, um, but it is hip and cool now, thank goodness, uh, to, to be respectful of people as individuals and what they need. It's so funny that we had to work to get to that, but Dr. Grampshade was always on that page. So anyway, we're going to get to some of these messages, but I promised I get to be first, and then I promised Amanda could be second. So uh, for those of you who don't know, there were many years of my life when I didn't know Dr. Grampichet, and I didn't have the benefit of what she does. And then that all changed when I met a family. I met a family, and they showed me their little boy, and it was so life-changing. And in that first day, they said, oh my gosh, you have to go to this place, and it was started by this woman. And she's amazing. And, and I was like, okay. And they gave me a book to read that was called A Real Boy by Christina Adams. And in it, uh, Christina Adams talked about this journey that her son went through because she went to a place, Card, uh, that was started by Dr. Grand Pichet. And when she got there, she met this amazing woman who looked at her child, talked with her child, did some things with her child, and then said to her, well, here's the thing we're going to get him caught up and we're never going to let him fall behind again. And that for her, that was everything. 
uh, that that changed her life in that moment permanently. And I read that on that page and heard that from that family that gave me that book. And I said, okay, I got, I got to go do this. I got to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go meet this woman. I'm going to learn everything that she knows. Cause I want her to say that about my kid. And of course I came to card and it was years after Christina had written her book and I didn't get to meet Dr. Grampy Shay. <laughs> you know, you know, didn't walk in the door and you get to meet her. I met other people. And here's one of the things that I say behind her back all the time. I love what Dr. Grampy Shay knows. I love what she does. She's an amazing person. But one of the things I'm most grateful to her for is she shares what she knows. She could sit on it, but she doesn't. What she has done is devoted her life to training all of us and all of these other amazing people with what she knows. So I met people she had trained and guess what? They changed my life. I didn't even get to meet her, but I benefited from the fruit of her labor. And it wasn't until years later, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, the day that I got to meet her. And then that was crazy town. I remember I had to excuse myself. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Dr. Grampuche, but I met you. I heard you speak. It was a very, it was a big conference room, but a small venue to meet you in with all these like real big muckety mucks. And I kept sitting there going, what am I doing there? You walked in and you spoke. And the first time we took a break, I went into the restroom and just stood in the stall and shook because I had seen the future. And I still believe, uh, I, I, I remember calling later to my husband and I was like, I, I just was at something that someday there's going to be a scene in a movie that depicts it. And I got to be there because okay. this, I said, I, 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 it was the first time I said, I would follow this woman into a burning building. Yeah. I never used to understand when people would talk about how much belief they put in a single person. And I, and I would go, I don't understand that. I don't. And then I understood it. And I have been following you, uh, you know, for well Absolutely. over a decade, following you around. And it's been the greatest privilege of my life. And I'm still learning from you. Uh, the faith that you put in my son first, my family second, and then me. Woo! Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm never going to be able to repay you. But I'm constantly learning from you as a person and trying to figure out how to share that and how to pay that forward. So happy birthday. I'm so glad you're here. I don't know what my life would be without you and I don't want to know. I love you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you more. It's such a pleasure and honor to continue to work with you. It was just as exciting for me the first time you interviewed me, if you remember, and I of was in I my did. car because I, I had just finished doing something in Orange County at Chapman, actually. And I was in my car in the parking lot when we did that interview, but I will never, ever forget it. And uh, I've also been blessed knowing you and doing this work, Shannon, together for so many years. I mean, I couldn't believe you told me the other day that we're on our 11th year of yes. doing the show. And like, it's just such a joy and blessing for me to be able to continue to do this um, at this point in my life. And I'm seeing the messages coming in and thank you so much, you guys. I can't tell you how much it means to me that we have viewers from all over the world, first of all, and also that, uh, that the work that we do here on this show is helpful to you. Um, I wish more and more people would um, come on board and, and listen to us because Sometimes I go back and I look at some of the shows that we've cataloged on YouTube and I'm just like, there's pretty much a show about every subject, you know, for after 11 years. And I just love it. And I will continue to do it with you as long as you will have me. And it's so much fun. Oh, well, amen to that. Uh, they'll be closing the casket on me and I'll go, Wait! One more thing, one more show. Um, okay, but I promised that I would, because uh, Amanda wrote hers in. She said, 
Dr. Grand Pichet, I don't know if you realize how many years you have been answering questions about my son, who is now almost 14. I feel like for all of the hard moments, you had given us direction to go in. Back when we paid for ABA out of pocket and we used skills at home, this was before the BIP Builder came out. I took countless hours of IBT courses and got so much help and direction thanks to you. I will forever be grateful for you and the show. Happiest of birthday wishes from our family to you. Thank you. And of course, she sent you three blue hearts. Uh, Thank you, Amanda. And let me just say that I love having you on the show always. And you're also so incredibly helpful to all of our other viewers because your comments are always so amazing and right on. And I also... I think I've seen you now on TikTok, which I love having your, you there as well. And thank you so much for every wonderful thing that you just wrote on. It's my honor to be part of your child's life for, for so many years. It really is. Absolutely amazing. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Doreen is now on TikTok. I know. Never thought I would be saying that, but it's true. Uh, So you can find her at Ask Dr. Doreen on TikTok. You can send her birthday messages there and send her questions. Uh, Jordan Allen has said, happy birthday to the goat. I was so confused about that term for the longest time. I was like, why are people calling good people goats? Like what, what? And it was right around when a friend of mine started doing goat yoga. And I was like, what is the thing with the goats? It's right awesome. Now? What, um, but goat, of course, has now been explained to me. Greatest of all time. So you are the goat. Thank you. Uh, bah, um, there we go. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to weave in some questions in between. Christine says, hi, what can methyl B12, they said MB12, but that stands for methyl B12 shots do for my nine-year-old son. Diagnosed with ASD and nonverbal, he started his first shot today. Yep, that's great. So uh, methyl B12 shots work for some children, not all children, but their purpose is, I guess, twofold. One is they are for detoxification, because I know that, you know, you guys probably all know that a lot of what is going on with our kids is that their redox cycle is slow. So they are not detoxifying as fast as everybody else. And so methyl B12 shots will help that. And of course, it helps energy metabolism. So Uh, Both of those things are pretty important for our kids. And I think that you'll know, I think within a couple of months, whether this is something that's going to work for your child. Usually it's like two or three shots per week. And you'll know pretty quickly. And let me tell you, parents who've told me that their child changed with methyl B12 shots. Um, so there are, it is, it is where I know it's very difficult giving our kids shots frequently. These are tiny shots, but nevertheless, um, and I wish you all the best. And I hope that it has a positive effect for your child. There you go. I will say that I put off the methyl B12 shots for the longest time. Everybody was like, Oh my gosh, Shannon, why are you not doing this? And I don't know why, but my gut was was like not having it for a long time. And we were doing other things. And it's really important to do things one at a time yes. um, and, and not throw biomedically the whole sink at your kid at the same time. But we didn't really start doing the methyl B12 shots until Jem must have been eight Like, I think we were done with full-time ABA by the time we started methyl B12 shots. And it was, it was life-changing for us. And and let me just tell you really quickly, Jem, you know, maybe it was during ABA now that I think about it, but Jem was at a point where he could talk again, but sometimes it was hard to understand, like he would just come to you and he would say a sentence and it would just like, I, I, it would, I would spend an hour trying to figure out what was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard. He, there was a, a lesson that you guys were working on with him 
where uh, you guys would show him a picture and he would have to talk about what was happening. And it was always the thing that we were working on and struggling with and hadn't really crested after he'd made so much progress. And then we started the methyl B12 shots and we did it very mindfully and, and had it from a, a really good um, compounding pharmacy. That's really important that you get good stuff. And um, after, I, I want to say, four days, he came in one morning and where previously he would have come in and said a sentence and I would have had to be an investigative reporter to figure out what it was he was talking about. He came in and he said to me, I was in bed and he woke me up and he said, Mom, do you remember when we went to Disneyland and we went to that blue sky place at Disneyland where they showed us how they made all of Cars Land and they had all the models? Now I'm sitting straight up in bed because I've never heard this kind of a sentence from him. He goes, you know that other Disney movie that we watched about the pigeons in World War II? I think that they should do a whole part of California Adventure where they recreate London with the, the pigeons. I think that that would be cool. And I went, holy business, because Anytime before the methyl B12 shots, he would have said, let's do a blue sky London. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had any idea what that was, but he, but he went through all of those things and I went, oh, these methyl B12 shots. Yeah. Um, and we did it for probably a year. And then he asked to stop. He, he said, I think we can stop that now. So we did. And then about a year went by and he said, can we start that again? I sometimes struggle getting my words out. Can I have those shots again? Those, those shots really helped. Yeah. So we did the shots again for maybe like an eight month time period. And, and then we stopped. So that was our experience. And I was the person who dragged my heels through it, but my friends were right. Later I kicked myself and said, why didn't we do this sooner? Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the stuff that you see from toxicity, right? I mean, like clarity, clarity uh -huh. comes back to all of us, all of us. Yeah. If you think about it, Shannon, it's like, you know, uh, when you are overloaded with toxic, whatever it may be, yeah. you, it's very difficult to put your thoughts together. You're kind of spacey, not knowing, you know, and all that. And then sometimes when you have just come off of some sort of detox or cleanse or whatever, then you're just super sharp, right? And there yeah. is a difference. We all know that. So yeah, sometimes it can really help. Now I want them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now we, okay. Uh, uh, M, I'm not sure. Is it Emily? I'm not sure. It says, I experience that people get angry at me a lot. I'm tired of it. Uh, it makes me so sad. Why do people um, get outbursts at me often? Uh, and, and I don't think, Emily, have you given us any more Emily, information? Yeah. She says, I don't trust no. people. Uh, they, they just leave me or reject me. It goes further. Um, she just posted and said, Christians uh, want my autism to go away. It's very hurtful and they want to pray it away like I was filled with demons. I'm a Christian myself. Emily, I am so sorry that you are surrounded by this. I actually had a very, very good friend. He has since passed away, but he was also a Christian. He was a scientist. He was a physician. Uh, I met him because he used to actually help me with a lot of my patients and we published together and so on. And he had a child on the spectrum and uh, they, his entire church would, uh, pray around the sun and kind of try to exercise autism out of him, which I never really understood. Uh, so, you know, I just want to say without any disrespect to religion as a whole, um, sometimes people have so much hope for something to change that they don't realize, they don't see the beauty in it and what actually they don't accept it. You know, it's a great time for us to have this conversation, I believe, because it's uh, autism uh, awareness and acceptance month, right? And I wanna talk about that very quickly because it's, you know, it's, first of all, in terms of awareness, I feel it's really important for people to understand 
a little bit more about autism. I don't, you know, I, I'm still shocked to this day when we have one in 44 children who are, and that's three-year-old data. So it's probably more than that. But when you see that uh, there are uh, children who are being diagnosed and no one, their parents, their their teachers, no one really understands autism. And I'm sure people have different views, you know, like they, for instance, they'll say, they'll think autism has mental retardation associated with it, which is absolutely not the case. And, you know, a lot of our children are tested with verbal IQ tests and their scores come out low because they're having a very hard time understanding language. And of course, as a result, people think, oh, this child doesn't understand. That's not it at all. It's if you and I were tested with an IQ test in Chinese, we would score low as well. And I can't tell you the number of times where I've had even severe children. I mean, I'm thinking of one of my kids, for instance, right now, uh, she's, I think, about 15 now and completely nonverbal, was always nonverbal, but yet showed signs and, and had very difficult time communicating, uh, but always was very aware. And now, of course, she is communicating with letterboxing, you know, which works for some children and not all, where you point to letters, but in a very specific type of template. Yeah. And her communication is so incredibly advanced. It's mind-blowing. Like, you know, the paragraphs and paragraphs that she communicates. And so I just want to say that it is really important for people to, first of all, be aware that autism is a unique disability that just we receive information in a very different way when we have autism. We have sensory dysregulation. So the things we see, the things we hear, uh, the things we touch are not regulated with each other or even just regulated on their own. Sometimes we seek a lot of them. Sometimes they bother us, sounds and sights. And so as a result, no question what happens is we learn differently, right? We don't learn language because language and sounds to us like saying that's a background noise. We don't learn eye contact because it is extremely difficult perhaps to focus both eyes on the one moving object which continues to change, which is other people's faces. There's a lot of these types of things that people need to understand. Once they understand, then you start to really respect the individual with autism. If you don't understand what autism is about, you're just going to go about and avoid it. This was one of my big messages during this month was just learn about autism. And not only will you uh, respect individuals who are going through life in this world, which is difficult for them, given their sensory differences, but you'll also really want, you won't be scared of, of interacting. You won't be afraid of, you know, what am I going to say or what are they going to say? You just become accepting. And this is the message that I want to give you, Emily. And just sometimes, you know, people might see autism as a demonic thing or whatever it is, and they're trying to get it out of you because their beliefs are very strong. But it is you, there are many, many more people in the world who will accept you for who you are, who will see the incredible, beautiful side of the talents that you may have that, that you've not been able to share. Um, and, you know, I really recommend that you try to maybe, given how high functioning you are, maybe you should get a, a psychologist or someone that you can regularly converse with and share these feelings. Because one of the biggest things that I worry about is uh, the anxiety and depression that a lot of our folks go through because people are not accepting them, because people are not treating them with respect. So, you know, I can't, you can't change your family, but you can certainly change uh, the people, your friends, maybe. 
Um, and you can certainly seek out uh, a, a safe place where you have a psychologist that you can talk to. Yeah. I, I think ignorance is really a terrible thing. And um, willful ignorance is horrible, right? And there are oh. some people who are willfully ignorant. I, I like to make room in my life for the fact that there was a day and a time when I didn't know what I know about autism right now. And yet I was capable of learning. I'm still learning. I'm yep. always going to, I want to be that student in the front row learning. Um, but there was a day and a time when I didn't know, and that maybe these people are just in that place on the journey, but, but we can't take on their ignorance, um, and, and make it a part of our, our daily anything. Um, cause it's not fair to you, Emily. Uh, but she said, thank you so much for the support. And many of you have written into her and she said she will get a psychologist and thank oh, you. So that's that wonderful, 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 wonderful. I also want to say I am one is wishing you a happy birthday and they want to know, will we ever do a call in show? And in fact, that's part of the thing that we're planning. Once we get in the new studio, we have been moving in and we're uh, excited. We don't know yet what our first day will be that will be live in the new studio, but that's one of the things that we're trying to work out how we can conveniently do that. Uh, also, Ka says, I'm so defeated. My son started medication before, uh, before his ADHD and has tried several. They all make him emotional, aggressive, and irritable. But uh, they go on to say he started ABA yesterday, which is great, but that she had to go pick him up because he had a meltdown. Now this sends off some warning things for me. Talk to us, Dr. Grampichet. A couple of different things. So it's very difficult when you are struggling with ADHD on top of autism. So first thing, I, these are steps I'd love you to take. First thing is please make sure your child actually has an accurate diagnosis of ADHD. This is super, super important because there's a whole kind of difficulty to attend aspect of autism itself. But ADHD has, you have to have a specific set of symptoms off of a very long checklist. And there's two different types of ADHD, right? Inattentive and hyperactive. And I want you to really, you can actually probably get a hold of the symptoms of ADHD on Google if you Google them. I just want you to make sure because if he doesn't, and if we're just dealing with the autism, then the, then I would not even try the ADHD meds, okay? Because they are stimulants, right? This is, we're talking Adderall, Ritalin, Vyvanse, those types of medications, and they are stimulants. And if you are not, uh, t uh, if you don't have ADHD or hyperactivity in particular, uh, they will make you emotional and aggressive and irritable. There's no question. I actually tried it one time because I was a, a very young child of mine who was one of my patients had just started it. And I was like, how, why is this making him so irritable, irritable? And let me tell you, it is, it, it makes your heart rate go up, go up. It's just like, everything seems uh, I mean, you know, like a lot of uh, young people, I think they try to take these medications in order to like stay up all night and study, right? So it's, yeah. it's a very hyper-making drug. And the only reason that it works with uh, some children with ADHD is that, yes, it helps them focus. And truthfully, it kind of burns out their hyperactivity because it keeps their like blood pressure so high that they burn out. So they calm down a little bit. So it's not my favorite medication, but it is very effective for things like uh, paying attention. Let's make sure that he actually does have an ADHD diagnosis. Then you will need to make sure that you stay in very frequent contact with your psychiatrist who diagnosed or who gave you the meds, uh, because these drugs come in multiple different doses. And if it's very difficult for him to adjust, they can go to a lower dose and start to build it up very, very slowly, okay? So a lot of people do that. So it's very important. Now, now we're talking about the ABA side of it. So one of the things that I'm gonna try my best to explain here, but it's a little difficult. So just remove the whole 
uh, concept of him becoming irritable from medication. Just put that aside for a sec. And let's just talk about just the reaction, right? So he, for whatever reason, any of us can get emotional or aggressive. And when we do, um, and someone uh, calls mom and mom comes and picks us up and then we get to go home, what the message that we're getting is me becoming aggressive is pretty powerful at works. And every time I want to get out of school or out of ABA, I will tantrum and mom will come and take me, right? And so that's, that is ABA. That's it's essentially a consequence that helps us escape a situation, increases the behavior that pre, uh, pre, like came before the escape, right? So tantruming, I get to leave, this is going to happen forever. So this is important because the message that he's getting is that I can tantrum and I'll get out of here. Now, let's go back to reality, which is you've just put him on a medication that is causing him to be more irritable. So now you look at the whole scenario and it's like, let's give him this medication, which makes him more irritable. Then the poor guy has a tantrum or becomes aggressive. And now we rescue him. This whole thing is not working. It's not good. So my recommendation is two things. One is uh, reduce the dosage. First of all, talk to the doctor, reduce the dosage and talk to your ABA people to make sure of two things. One is make the program very easy. Like in other words, as easy as possible. Uh, the most basic stuff, even if he knows the stuff, go back to things he knows so that it is pleasant so that they get an opportunity to reward him very, very frequently in ABA. Because sometimes in ABA, what you have to do is just like reward, 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 so the child actually starts to enjoy it, right? Because it's going to be a lot of demand. So do that. And if they see him getting irritable, have them prompt, teach him to say, I need a break. I need a break before he has a tantrum, before he gets uh, irritable or to the point where he is aggressive. So, and that might be that they just get to do something with him for, I don't know, 30 seconds, and then he needs a minute break, 30 seconds, minute break, whatever the baseline is, doesn't matter. The point is we don't want him to get to a point where he's aggressive because then you have to come rescue him. You know what I mean? So make the whole thing a lot more pleasant and easier and filled with reinforcers. And then they have to be very good at recognizing the signs so that before he gets irritable, they model for him, they prompt for him, and he asks for a break. Then he gets a break. And if he gets enough breaks, he's not going to need you to come and rescue him because it'll be a lot more pleasant for him overall. Hopefully that makes sense, Shannon. Lots of yes. Can we take just a second though and talk about um, emotions? Because oh, yeah. I, I was raised by wonderful people who were raised by wonderful people and no one taught anyone how to deal with an emotion. And, and the way I was raised, just keeping it real, is if you're having any emotion, whether it's joy or sadness or whatever, eat and then it'll kind of level it out right and and that was it and and for heaven's sake if you were having an emotion let's try to like change whatever the equation is right then right there not dealing with it and writing out the emotion to get to an end there's a video that i watched a couple of years ago and it was so painful for to me, me to watch it was a little boy who was it doing a um an exhibition it was like their final class for a karate class and all the other kids came up and they karate chopped the board and it was his turn and he came up and it didn't break. And then he was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Please don't make me do it. And the teacher came over and said, it's okay. You're going to be able to do it. And the other kids gathered around and like, you can do it. You And the kid was like, no, I don't want to. Now how I was raised and as a mother, can I be honest and say, I would have been like, that's enough. Stop it. Stop it. And tried to pull the child out of it because yeah. I can't bear for anybody to be uncomfortable because I wasn't taught those skills. The teacher, thank God, was somebody who knew, let's not make this a moment that follows him throughout his whole life. They let him stay in the moment. 
have his emotions and they said, it's okay. You're feeling sad that you didn't do it the first time, but you can do it. So we're going to try it again. The kid tried it again, still didn't break it. And he was like, please don't make me do it. And everybody's watching him. Yeah. And if, if the parent had pulled him out, then this guy would have been in therapy when he was 50, figuring out my whole life has been shaped by the fact that I couldn't hit that board. But the teacher said, no, 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 no. We're not letting it go. You're feeling sad. You're feeling all this emotion. We're going to help you to do it. And so he chopped the board and everyone cheered and picked the kid up. And it became this triumph moment in his life that he had had a moment of adversity, worked all the way through it to the end and resolved it. Yep. And, and I could just watch that kid's life being better than if it had been frozen in time. And I just want to say to myself and everybody watching, sometimes when we see our kids frustrated, or upset, we go, stop, please stop. And we don't allow them to get through all of the emotion to the end where they see, oh, I had emotion. I was upset. We dealt with it. I lived through it. I learned how to calm myself and I learned how to continue on, which That's is right. a much more valuable life skill. That is also very, very true, Shannon. It's so important to and, you know, unfortunately, like, and this is a great opportunity for him to actually learn this because he's with ABA folks. Mm -hmm. A lot of times our kids start to show these emotions in school and then everyone panics, right? And then everything changes. So you're absolutely right. This is a really good, safe environment where he can learn about emotion as well. Yeah. And, and, and I saw another comment where mom is saying that she felt guilty because she thought she'd rewarded it. Don't feel guilty about that. This is the, you know, we're, we're moms or dads. We, we rescue yeah. our kids, period. Yeah. That's our job. That's we're born to do that. You know yes. what I mean? So don't feel bad about that at all. And you will always rescue him. All that has to happen is that the ABA for two things actually has to happen. One is the ABA folks need to teach your child how to ask for you more appropriately or how to ask for breaks more appropriately. Yeah. That's all the, the self-regulation stuff that's important as well. Our kids learn that, you know, I, my, my favorite example of this, Shannon, is when Jem would tell you, uh, I think you need to eat something. Yes. You're getting a little hypoglycemic. You should <laughs> calm down until you eat something. Yes. Because uh, I would miss lunch. And you would be like, that's I think before you say anything else, you should have something to drink and eat and calm down. I love that so much. Yeah. Because, you know, that's like amazing. That's a life lesson, right? Forever. Yeah. So, and, and the second thing, again, that has to happen is they need to make sure his entire universe is fair. And, and you know, put give me a stimulant and start trying to teach me something. I'm going to become aggressive. I promise you. So we got to do it very slowly so his body adjusts to it. And they, the ABA folks, have to give him easy stuff, lots of reinforcers. They can gradually make the demand higher, but very, very slowly. Yeah. And I don't, you know, we don't know everything that went on and why they called and had you come and get him and everything. But I would push that, if it were me, Dr. Grampuche, I would push that ABA provider and and be saying to them, you know, let's let's change this equation because yeah. it's not your fault that, that, that they did that. And we don't know everything that was going on, but... Um, it would be much better if they didn't do that, in my opinion, which is worth nothing. Uh, yes. Ka also said, happy birthday. You're amazing, Dr. Doreen. Have a Thank blessed you. birthday. Fate said, happy birthday to one of my favorite people in the whole world, the beautiful Dr. Doreen. Thank, Thank you, you so for volunteering much. your precious time and incredible brain for those of us who desperately need it. Sending you love from Austria. Anna says happy birthday and many blessings. And Jasper also said happy birthday and says, our school wants us to consider sending our nine-year-old daughter to another school where they have an eight to three ratio because she isn't keeping up academically. We worry that this will not be an in inclusive experience and will affect her mental health. How will she do moving away from her only friend in the anxiety of a new school? Yeah. So I agree with you. I, and I think my preference in this case, and I don't know your child, but 
there will be anxiety of a new school and we never want to give up a good friend. Like that just makes things so much harder. So there are many options that you have other than going to another school. That's kind of the easy way out for your school. So what they could do is they could give you an aid, which they probably don't want it to do because it's more expensive, but you are entitled to that. And the aid could then be helping your child academically. And the aid would be responsible, several things actually, like they should, she should have uh, an IEP um, so that there are some uh, accommodations made, like things like maybe she has more time for uh, testing and, or maybe the homework is uh, explained better or made shorter. Um, lots of things like that. She can also have tutoring after school, uh, which will help her significantly. Those are something, and the school honestly is obligated to take care of all of this stuff because don't forget there is the Free and Appropriate Education Act, which says if we as a school cannot provide what your child needs, then we have to pay someone to do it. And usually those someones are after school, too. they're called related services, right? So it could be an ABA provider uh, who is working on academics and behavior in the school. Uh, it could also be a um, just a tutoring type of activity, uh, a variety of things. But you start with calling for an IEP and saying, I'm not going to change schools. And there's really enough reason not to. And, you know, as a parent, don't give up, be strong, you know better. Uh, don't let teachers or anyone tell you that you don't know what's right for your child. We generally do know what's what our kids need. And I'm telling you, uh, it is very anxiety provoking for a child to go to a new school. And certainly when they have attached to another child, that's extremely valuable. Um, we don't wanna lose that. Absolutely. And I just want to pack in your backpack that um, this comes under the heading when you're arguing in the IEP. This is LRE. This is least restrictive environment. And uh, that your child is not academically keeping up is never a reason to move them to a, a more restrictive environment, which is what they're actually talking about doing. True. Um, and so Dr. Grampuche is absolutely correct. They can provide tutoring for your daughter or they can give her a modified curriculum inside the inclusive classroom where she is not expected to do the yeah. same work. You want to be careful at, at this age. It's not a problem. Later on, you want to be careful that your modified curriculum isn't um, making a change in whether she gets a diploma. Cause a lot of times they'll hit you that with that later when they not explain it to you. But at this age, don't even worry about it, but they should be paying for tutoring. And if she needs help for focus, ask for a one-on-one -on -one aid. The IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act says that they have to provide the least restrictive environment in which your child has a floor of opportunity in which to access the curriculum. That does not say that she has to be an A student or that she has to be doing all the work. She has to have a floor of opportunity in which to access the curriculum. So stick your guns. And uh, we have a whole playlist that's called Know Your Rights with Education Attorney, Special Education Attorney Bonnie Yates. Check out. We've done lots of shows on LRE, but that's what you're looking for. Least restrictive environment. Um, uh, Yasmin has written in a question that does not have to do with someone that's on the spectrum, but um, I think it's an important question. It is. Uh, she I says, answer it. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. How can I help my 20 year old son who wanted to attempt suicide last week? He's coming out of the mental hospital in a few days. Now I don't know how to treat him. He's not on the spectrum. Yeah. First hugs, right? Big hug, Yasmin. She actually later on, Shannon wrote in and said her his younger brother is on the spectrum. So big hugs, Yasmin. And this is super important. In fact, I saw your question when it first came up and I wanted to jump to it right away because I want you to listen and do exactly these things. It's very, very important. So the first thing is he currently, if he's been in a hospital, he's currently under the care of a psychiatrist and a psychologist. Those two things have to be present for him in a hospital. The psychiatrist may have put him on medication. If they have not, you need to get a psychiatrist immediately 
um, and get him on medication. The medication that he would be taking would be a, most likely a SSRI or SNRI. These are serotonin, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, like Prozac or Zoloft or these, or SNRI, which controls both serotonin and norepinephrine, and that's things like Cymbalta, et cetera. But these medications are harmless and he will, and they take, but they take about three weeks to take full effect. So I'm hopeful that while he was in the hospital, they started putting him on one of these, but if they haven't, get that going right away. Because that in itself will, in a very subtle way, take away kind of the things that might be causing him depression, okay? And I'm assuming there's some level of depression um, when when one says one wants to commit suicide, right? Because usually suicide is a result of either depression or is you know, comes after depression or trauma. And if it's trauma, usually the person doesn't talk about wanting to commit suicide. It sounds like in this case, your child had told you or had told someone. So it's very, very important to get him on the right medication. Now, secondly, it's very, very important to get a psychologist for him. These are two different things. Psychiatrist will manage his medication Psychiatrists can also do therapy, but I recommend that you get a psychologist as well as a psychiatrist, because then you have two professionals. One is managing his medication. The other one is, is just doing talk therapy, sitting with him every week, several times a week. Nowadays, a lot of that is done on Zoom, so it's possible for him to do it from home every single day. When someone comes out of a hospital for something like talking about suicide, they can have therapy five days a week, seven days a week if they need it. They have an hour with someone where they're talking about all the things that's causing them stress, depression, anxiety, whatever it might be. By the way, those medications that I mentioned also control anxiety, not just depression. So they're very, very good. And so once you have a psychiatrist and a psychologist, the last thing I would do is I would probably place cameras all over the house just for safety. This is just a scary thing that we, we go through with our kids sometimes. And it's a re I've actually gone through this with a friend of mine and he put cameras all over his house. And let me tell you, it was incredibly important. In that case, the child was cutting and doing all sorts of other things. And this, the camera allowed him to have a sense of safety, I guess, or worry less about the individual and how, if they could be harming themselves. This is very important. The other thing is, in terms of how you interact with him, you interact with him just the way you used to, like normally. You don't treat him like someone who is different just because he expressed how depressed he is. Like, you know, all he did was say, I'm so depressed that I want to kill myself, right? So he made an expression of how he feels. So what I would suggest is you try to be there for him to talk to if he chooses to talk to you. Uh, if he doesn't, often a therapist will be the person that he can talk to. And by the way, both the psychologist and psychiatrist may request family sessions where not only would you all go in as a group so that your son has an opportunity to vent and tell you the things that are bothering him in a safe setting, but also so that you can learn some of these things. Like your psychologist will be able to tell you exactly how to interact. They'll be able to tell you what subjects to talk about and what subjects to avoid because they're too sensitive for now. So these are really important things. And I really want you to please, as he's coming out of the hospital, get those professionals in place. This is not something that goes away like this. You need to have professionals helping you on an ongoing basis maybe for a year, maybe longer, until he comes out of this phase. Yeah, she went on to say that the social worker, they are giving him medication. Um, he did say that he was depressed. The social worker from the hospital he's in now said he needs to go to outpatient therapy for six to eight weeks. Um, 
and that there are some considerations about mom and dad both working and that it's going to be hard and that, that she's scared coming home. Yeah, um, it is hard and it is scary. And I, I don't like the idea of leaving him alone all day. Um, and I understand that you both have to go to work. I wonder if there's a possibility that either one of you could talk with your uh, employer and see if it's possible for you just for a month or maybe you trade off um, to, to work from home. Yeah. Um, or Family Leave Act would say that you, you have the time. It's whether you can financially afford it. Um, yeah. but perhaps you have insurance for that. Some people do, not everyone. Perhaps um, you can work from home. Perhaps, I don't know what state you're in, but uh, states like California, for instance, uh, regional centers will give you funding for respite so that either you or someone else is there. Uh, maybe you can reach out to the family, uh, see if there's, I don't know, a cousin, nephew, niece, someone who's there. Uh, it would be important not to have him on his own. Yeah, absolutely. And We're sending by the way, your insurance is probably going to try to cut your the therapy to a minimum and say like, oh, six to eight weeks. I, you know, I think he needs probably realistically, and you should push for this, maybe two to three times a week therapy for six months, at least. So go for that and see if that helps. Yeah, be a squeaky wheel, ask for everything. I, the other thing I was going to suggest is, you know, a lot of doctoral programs like my da daughter is in a doctoral program for psychology right now i used to be of course at ucla 100 years ago and we they because they want the grad students these are people who are going to be doctors in a year or so or two years uh, they want the students to have experience so those folks are free and so if you can reach out maybe to some local universities and see if they have a program uh, that gives therapy from grad students, uh, that would be something good to do as well. There you go. And she said, thank you, Dr. Doreen, and happy birthday. I also want to get to a message that came to us from the fabulous uh, Ilana Gershlevitz. Uh, oh. Ilana Gershlevitz. Uh, she said, excuse me, uh, I know Ilana well, and I just messed up her name. Uh, forgive me. She says, dear Doreen, happy birthday from Johannesburg, South Africa. Your wisdom fills us with so much inspiration and admiration. You have positively impacted the lives of thousands of children affected by autism. This will always be your legacy. You are a hero wishing you many more beautiful beach sunsets and ocean breezes. Here's to a magical year filled with sparkling memories. Lots of love. The Gershlovitz family. What a beautiful oh, message. Uh, a beautiful from message from a beautiful person and a beautiful family. Some, I am so blessed. Honestly, some of, I look at like you, for instance, Shannon or Ilana, if it wasn't for autism, I would have never met you guys. And like, these are some of my, you and Ilana and Martin, her husband, and all some of my favorite people in the whole world. So thank well, you, Ilana. I love you. Amazing. And Ilana, clearly such a beautiful writer. And um, for those of you who don't know her book, Saving My Sons, ooh, is it Saving Our Sons? I think it's I, Saving My Sons. I think it is too. Um, beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, what a beautiful writer she is. Check that out. Susie B says happy birthday. And Renata, Renee and Elvira said, I wish I could give you a big hug, doctor. Oh, uh, thank you. They, <laughs> they also said happy birthday, Dr. Doreen. Around five years ago, I found you thanks to Autism Live. And I learned so much from you. And thanks to you, me and my husband are, are better advocates for our seven-year-old boy. I love that. Awesome. Yo, uh, Johanny says, hi, ladies from Philly. Happy birthday, Dr. Doreen. Thank you for being a blessing to so many, especially me and mine. Sending you hugs. Johanny also wanted to know uh, if we're going to have Bonnie Yates back, that you miss Bonnie. And I believe that we are. You know, Bonnie is, I can't wait until this happens to you and I, but please not soon to me. But Bonnie became a grandparent and lost her mind and fell so deeply in love that um, it's very hard to pry her away from that child. Um, and that's a good thing for her, but, but we hope to have her back soon when, when the, the love gets tamed down a little bit right now, she's like a 16 year old girl. She's gaga over that child. And I'm so happy for her. I love her. Uh, absolutely amazing. I'm just going through some of the messages. Um, 
I am one wanted to know how do I get help for my autism, but I have no money or support system at all. Oh, um, I, maybe you can write in and tell us where you are. Yeah. Um, because I guess, you know, if you're in the United States, I would probably start by just getting an appointment, like getting in touch with my health insurance and then getting an appointment probably with either a psychiatrist, psychologist, or social worker. And that's a good place to start. I love working with social workers initially because to some extent, they not only will be able to provide you therapy, uh, but they also are able to guide you and help you find resources. And I love that uh, about the social work side. Um, and I think that's where you have to start is, is getting a social worker who can work with you and help find resources in your area. I see Karen, in North Carolina. I just saw that. Okay. So you do have access to health insurance. You do have access to care through Medicaid. So you could also, if you don't have health insurance, you could just get, you know, uh, just your regular insurance from your state and will you will have access to providers. Um, and I, there are some, I don't know exactly where Carrie is, but there are a lot of um, providers in North Carolina, South Carolina, and uh, you should be able to get insurance coverage and then start to see a provider. But I think the best way to start, honestly, still is to try to find a social worker on your health insurance network or on the Medicaid network, uh, which is, you know, online. And then you can find, they can help you find resources. And can I tell you that what my favorite resource, especially for someone I am one who clearly as, is as capable as you are, that you have the ability to write in and say these things. I agree with everything that Dr. Grampy Shea said, but I think you also need to help help yourself by finding a network of people which understand and get you and that you can feel a part of. And my favorite resource throughout COVID that was free for adults who are on the spectrum is something called Movie Chat with Chelsea Darnell. It happens every Saturday night. It's online. It's a group of um, individuals that are neurodiverse, and during the week, they a movie is a movie or two movies are announced. You watch those on your own. You log into a Zoom call with this group of people, and I hear it's the most fun thing ever. That you know, you start out discussing the movie, and sometimes they have unannounced stars from the movie, like the list of people that they've had at these things. It's absolutely mind-blowing. They've ha had Howie Mandel, Joe Montana, all these other stars come and be there to talk about the movie. And what I hear is that you talk about the movie for a period of time, but then the conversation is amazing. It's free. You have to register for it. It's it's through the Ed Asner Family Center, but it's an online thing, so you can live anywhere, and you will make friends um, in this group. You need to go to the Ed um, Ed Asner Family Center org. Go to their enrichment, um, and you'll find it. It's called Movie Chat with Chelsea Darnell. Chelsea Darnell is a, uh, an amazing young woman who identifies as being neurodiverse and she leads the group and she is fantastic. We've had her on the show before. She's amazing. It's free. Um, you, you can't, you can't go wrong. And I, I think you'll find some people that you'll go, Oh, this, uh, these are people who get me. Also, Sean, if I could just, before we end real quickly, yeah. it just occurred to me that you might want to try also calling 311. I don't, not a lot of people know about 311, but it is a sort of non-emergency place. So it's kind of, they help find local resources. So that might be a place to go as well. 
Wonderful. I also want to acknowledge Lisa Greer, who has written in many times throughout today's show with great helpful tips and 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 things and comments. And, and Lisa, I didn't, they weren't questions, so I didn't get to them. And we also want to say hi to Swathi, series mom has been watching with us as well. And thank you, all of you. I know we're really out of time and I, I'm, I'm sure I've missed some comments here, but I want to thank all of you for participating in this special and show and wishing you. And, and wishing me. Dr. Grampichet, uh, Dr. Doreen, a happy birthday, because we certainly are appreciative of yet another year around the sun with you. Uh, and your birthday isn't for a couple of more days, but by the time we're back with your, you next week, you will have celebrated your birthday, so we didn't want to put it off. Um, but I want to thank everybody and remind you that tomorrow we have a very special show. Uh, I will tell you that it's pre-recorded because I, I'm having a blood pressure test, so I couldn't do a live show. But Holly Robinson Pete agreed to do a pre tape of an interview with you. And honestly, you guys, it is such a fun hour. I know you're just going to love it. And I will be watching with you because I'm just having my blood pressure taken. It's so still silly. Um, but, but I can't do the show. So I'll be watching with you. But wait till you hear and see some. It's so exciting, you guys. And then on Thursday for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, Nancy and I are actually welcoming. Matt Asner and Nava Paskowitz Asner, but it's a different interview than you've ever seen us do. We asked them some really interesting questions that I don't think anybody's ever asked them before. And, and we, there's a whole lot of healing. You're going to have four, count them, four autism parents on all at the same time, answering some pretty intense questions. There's some laughter and some tears. Wait till you see. Uh, it's a big week here. And then on Friday, we're playing one of our favorite episodes from uh, when we had Dr. Temple Grandin on in preparation for the fact that she's going to be back live with us on the 18th. It's not too early to send your questions in. We're hitting this April thing hard with mm -hmm. knowledge and inspiration and information. That's where we're going. Uh, so Dr. Grampichet, happy, 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 happy birthday. We love you so much. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next year uh, in your birthday. Next, next week. You'll be, and yes, you'll be a year older. All right. Uh, much love to all of you. See you tomorrow. Don't miss these great interviews the next couple of Bye days. Bye, everyone. Until then, give, give your kid a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.